and uh, uh, also do an awkward intro. Oh, man. My wife just walked into the door. Give me a second. Here. Oh, Ooh, that, that is, is awkward. Whoopsie. It's about as awkward as they come. Come here. Give me a kiss yeah. so I can love you and you can shut my door. I'll try to leave all this in. <laughs> yes, leave it in. <laughs> Give in the kisses. I get up, but I'm kisses. not really wearing pants. Oh, well, okay. I'm wearing I, pants. I almost forgot pants. I love you. Oh, yeah. I you shut my yeah. door. <laughs> yeah, um, I also brought your keys in. From oh, more door. of that. Yeah, I leave my keys there all the time. Give <laughs> <laughs> some more kisses. <laughs> what? Mm. Don't be rude. Yeah, yeah kisses. Yeah. All yeah. <laughs> my kisses. Yeah, kisses. Where's your camera? All oh, don't be weird. <laughs> I like kissing. He says kissing. he likes kissing. It's very sensual and romantic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> this, is, this is all on tape. Videotape, because that's how we record this. Yes, we record on videotape. Have fun. I will. I love you. Love you, too. Love you, too. Mm-hmm. Paul loves you, too. My Paul, I love you, too. <laughs> Swag. This is... Uh, the baby's been awake. Oh. This is real uh, exciting radio. Yeah, that's good stuff. Mm. All right. Yeah, you've got so a, a 360 view of your head there, Jonathan. It's nice, nicely uh, shaved, it, it looks. Uh, no, it's just the fact that uh, the light bounces oh, wow. so hard off the top of my head that has the total of like three Homer Simpson oh, hairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm really rocking the buzz cut Picard. Mm. So there you go. Nice. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. So, so anybody <laughs> tried the new Doritos? <laughs> no. What are they? The hot mustard and the, the hot mustard, uh, tangy ketchup. And then there's like a barbecue one or something. No, oh, no, I, no, I want to try those. No, thank uh, you. I, uh, <laughs> Caitlin brought them all home tonight and I tried one of each and they're pretty good. The ketchup one's kind of interesting. I was say, I want to taste the like ketchup. ketchup. Jonathan, you should love that. You yeah. would think, right? But ketchup flavored things just doesn't do it for me. I love it. I love, I love ketchup chips. Mm. It's, it's very Canadian. I'm gonna say I also like the ruffles all dressed, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh what else is going on? Oh T- Tears Tears of the Kingdom's going on, but it's not going on right now. No. Yeah. Sorry, guy. It's okay. No, I'd, I'd rather spend time with you guys. Oh. But as long as there's an end so that I can play <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom afterwards, you know. This is the podcast that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. My boys started playing Tears of the Kingdom today too. Don't nice. even have that game. Well, just came out today, so yeah, we'll find it in the discount bin in, in five years. It's Breath of the Wild is still full price. I was yeah. thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, so I saw a Switch commercial the other day that was like, "Buy a voucher, get like thirty percent off the game." Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> um. Any movie news going on? Uh, none that I have looked up this week. Yeah. I've had kind of really been yeah all that interesting yeah everybody's fucking well i mean there's that whole uh oh god who was it that said the diversity in the oscar rule uh makes him oh it was uh richard dreyfus that's damn richard because we really need to be asking old white guys anything about diversity in hollywood like just stop asking them these questions yeah we can't we can assume that Richard Dreyfus doesn't give a shit about the diversity initiative in Hollywood. We don't have to know it. Yeah. So what is yeah. it? Cause he specifically mentions like the diversity rule for the Oscars. Like, there's, is this a rule now? Or there's something? like five or six um, categories. And I mean, 
you only have to meet one of them, I think it said. Like, you don't even have to have a diverse cast, but yet there needs to be a concerted effort to make sure you hire a diverse, uh, like, crew or uh, that writers gotcha. are counseled. And, I mean... So it's not like the whiz would make itself not available. <laughs> right. No. No. And, I mean, if you want to, if you have an all-white movie, they're not going to ban you for it as long as... As long as you have like diverse a black boom guy. I mean, I, th- it yeah. sounds terrible to put it that way, but so why? The, I don't know why the fuck somebody would be like, "Oh, that makes me want to vomit," because they're because you're apparently Richard a late race. Yeah, and I, I don't even think that's the case. Like Richard, Richard Dreyfus is just from another time where <laughs> diversity looked different, mm. and being being racist was a different mindset, mm. and. Unfortunately, he just either hasn't been paying attention or hasn't bothered like updating himself. Yeah. And how old is he now? Like, I something. Something. yeah, like it, it's not saying anything that what he said was right, but I don't understand the point of asking these questions to older people. Like, yeah, you, you're it's basically bait at that point. Yeah, so this this was an attempt for clickbait and whoever did this interview has got has given the internet tons of clickbait now. Yeah. And what, and, you know, like what was right. Richard Dreyfus even doing that? He needs to be interviewed. <laughs> I don't know. Right. And, they just run up to the old white guy. I'm like, what I, do you think about diversity? Yeah. It makes me want to vomit. He's like, Oh, white guys just play Othello all the time, but it was great. It's like, okay, God, come, uh, Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, it's, it, it's the whole, like, Two wrong situation. Number one, yeah. Richard Dreyfus, just do the work. Get up to date. Number yep. two, stop asking old people these questions. Just yep. stop it. Yep. Because these fucking old Hollywood guys do not give a shit <laughs> about whatever's going on in Hollywood today. They just want to do their thing and they want to that's it. And yeah. And the more that the more that we try to get clickbait from from older people, it's the more just kill your idols bullshit that's yeah. going on. Yeah, kill your idols. Plus, it just creates more arguments that didn't need to start in the first place because everything's like coming out into this controversial light where it's just a thing that existed. Nobody would need to fight about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's. I don't think Richard Dreyfus is racist. I think he's just old hat. And yeah, I I know he was coming from don't um. Don't put rules on art, right? Perspective, but yeah. But Bad at the take. same time, yeah. At the same time, you know, he he is part of old Hollywood, old like seventies mm-hmm. Hollywood, new Hollywood. So the, the yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I could say anything else that I haven't just said. All right, right. just That's stop fair. it. Stop it. Stop everybody, it. Everybody, stop. Let's let's Get stop. Some help. Yeah, yeah, this this circle of bullshit just is, annoys the crap out of me. Yeah, fucking yeah. old Hollywood. <laughs> hey, who wants to talk old about a movie? Hollywood. Yeah, let's talk about a movie. Beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. 
And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what are we watching this week, Zach? We are launching into the best original screenplay category, starting with The Great McGinty from 1940. It's a rags-to-riches story via corruption and grifting that playfully skewers the American political experience. Excellent. Excellent. This is everybody's first time seeing The Great McGinty. Yes. Yes. Oscar Percy's. Hooray. Yay. It's been a while. Indeed. Uh, doesn't help that we just did an entire category where I had seen all the winners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. All right. Great McGinty wins Best Original Screenplay, giving Preston Sturges an Academy Award. Uh, it beats out Angels Over Broadway, Dr. Ehrlich's Magic Bullet, Foreign Correspondent, and The Great Dictator. And that's it. It went 100%. All right. Yeah. Nominated for one, one, one. Uh, so this being the first year, our first winner. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm done with an Oscar breakdown. Okay. Well, let's talk about this movie. Well, let's. I was going to ask, uh, do we, uh, do you know much about Preston Sturgis as a, was a playwright before this? Is that where he kind of, I believe you are correct. I know that he he wrote the film apparently, and then sold also, it to Paramount for ten bucks on the condition that he could direct it. That is correct. Uh, and he had written some works before this. Give me a second here. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. This is this was his first film that he wrote. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. All right. Now I'm looking at it. They got that broken down weird. All right, so uh, he he was a very prolific screenwriter up until this point. Okay, uh, which I thought what it was, uh, and had done at least uh, one, two, three, four, five, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, about seventeen screenplays, and wow. uh, helped with additional dialogue up to this point. Awesome, thanks. Um, but uh, yeah, this was his directorial debut. Nice. You know, he's a name I've always heard, but I admittedly didn't know a whole lot about him. Um, yeah, I. The only film I had seen of his before this was Sullivan's Travels. Okay, which is a, a great film. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, he, so he wrote a bunch of stuff for other people, and then he finally had this one. He's like, I want to direct this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he did. He and I feel like he had a uh, pretty good talent for it, for directing and um, definitely for writing. I will definitely say writing. Well, let's. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, we haven't really talked about formatting on this. I thought we'd try yeah. to find things sure. on the fly yeah, like we normally do. Yeah. Um, let's let's start this with how do we feel about the film overall? I liked it. Yes, I, I liked it very much too. It was um I don't want to say light and breezy because the content and the and the subject matter wasn't necessarily light and breezy, but it was um you know, I guess he's noted for quote unquote elevating the screwball comedy. So we got the some of the silliness and the farcical situations, mm-hmm. but grounded with more realistic dialogue and more realistic consequences, I guess. 
Um, so, but it's still got that kind of underlying feeling of a comedy and it kind of, it, it clips along at a good pace. Yeah. Especially at 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Nice 80 minute movie. And no, nah, this film is a breeze and it's so much fun. It is. It, uh, uh, I enjoy the, and again, we, we come back to, because this is an old movie, you really can't call much a cliche because at the time, you know, I'm sure it wasn't the first, but to, you know, do the whole hearing the story of the guy behind the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we've seen it many times at this point, but how much had we seen it prior to this? Like, you know, right. because you re- they really set up Tommy, didn't they? <laughs> Like you were, you were expecting to get his fucking story, and it's like, oh no, it's uh, this guy behind yeah. the bar. <laughs> like, I thought that was clever. He starts with that opening, that opening paragraph, and it's like two guys they meet in a banana republic. One was, one was a un- dishonest man, except for one minute. One was an honest man, except for one minute. Like, oh, oh we're gonna get like a tale of two cities thing going on here. Uh, no, no, not really. No, not at all. <laughs> Not even a little. <laughs> like, uh, I kind of got what what Tommy did, but then, like, reading a synopsis, like, I felt like that told me more than the movie did. He he worked in banking. Uh, yeah, okay. He was a bank cashier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's Who right. was? He had it all going for him, except for that one crazy minute. One, one <laughs> crazy minute. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, Brian Dunleavy is amazing in it. Yeah, yeah, he's just fun to watch, and he's just <laughs> got that like transatlantic accent thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he he transformed his um, appearance and his character like really smoothly. He went from you know the um, the uncertain you know scoundrel type and the tough guy. Um, and you know, becomes more and more refined as the film goes. Yeah, physically. Um, and mm. I believed him in every kind of role he was playing. And, yeah, uh, it was all about the mustache. That yeah. it was the facial hair throughout the whole thing, because you know when he starts off as a vagrant, he's dirty and scruffy and everything. Right. But then he's clean shaven with his just absolutely phenomenal plaid suit. That yes. is phenomenal plaid suit. And then it's just the, then the mustache just becomes more and more sophisticated as he moves on in mm-hmm. the hat as well. The hat gets even fancier. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, so, so as an overall sense, I, I, I like this film. I don't want to get yes. too much into the right until we start talking about the writing, because the writing is what we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. So how about we, we switch gears to that. How do we feel about the writing? So fucking good. So fucking good. You know why? Because it's what Zach said. It's the fact that it gave you the 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 way the dialogue was done was in a way like that comedy thrown in there. But I would not call this movie a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I would put it. But the fact that it's even it's almost like a mob movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I I love the fact that it just it does feel like it's such a mix of genres. Um, yeah. And just the the words on the screen were absolutely phenomenal because I enjoy old timey talk, right. Um, right? Just hearing it, you know, you, you hear like you know, 
especially in like adult cartoons now when they make fun of those times they're always using that old-fashioned radio voice and then you actually hear people <laughs> talking like that in this film i enjoyed the hell out of that um but no i thought the writing in this film was just absolutely great yeah for sure and um i saw one one negative review that was just like talking fast doesn't make things funny but i didn't think it was that fast it's not like rapid fire not, yeah, not, like, not like that. It was more realistic and But it, but it was the people that that did that because that's why they call them fast talkers. Like right. they they they're trying right. to those the scammers. It was those were the guys that were trying to do it. Right. And it does have it does have kind of a screwball rhythm to it, but it doesn't yeah. it it really doesn't move that screw screwball clip like yeah. you would you would get from someone like uh Catherine Hepburn and like Spencer Tracy around this, you know, right. I, I, I do love how snappy this is. And I love the political satire of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like just that scene where he comes back and he's voted for that one politician 37 times <laughs> in, a know, in a row, in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, try not to vote for any politicians on the way to the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and the way the guy looks at him when he, it's like, like like a triple take almost like like he doesn't believe him but like sixty four dollars no seventy four <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and and then like when he wants McGinty to be the uh, the reform candidate for mayor and McGinty's like what do you have to do with the reform party <laughs> I I am the reform party <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's smart clever and I really love the way um, Muriel Angelis I believe is her name mm-hmm. yep yeah um the writing for her character and her performance is so good but um a lot of movies i sometimes i'll complain that a conversation isn't realistic or you you might think back if only somebody had just done something that somebody would do in real life or said something somebody would do in real life i don't always have to have that in a movie but sometimes i get frustrated when it's like scenario but she was saying the things that a person would say and i felt like that really grounded um their kind of their developing relationship and the way they grew together and made it realistic uh over time how his how his thoughts and his um morals towards what he was doing as a politician changed Mm -hmm. and you know i always love a good feminine influence yeah, I, I I like that Preston Sturgis kind of goes with the idea that women just make us better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or, or at least they should. Like, and yeah. And I feel like the um I, I don't necessarily have a good measuring stick for the time, but I feel like the the whole idea of their initial arrangement was very kind of progressive, like, you know, to put on screen that, you know, we'll just have a sham marriage and you no, know, I'll go out in the evening and meet this other guy and would do what we want. And like it wasn't handled as a um, sinful and terrible thing. The only, the only thing that ever came of it was they realized maybe they had some feelings for each other and they said, okay. Yeah. 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 And, and most likely because of the Hayes code, but, but right. I like sure. that this doesn't have a, ha- a necessarily happy ending. Like this guy's mm-hmm. on the run for his corruption. Yeah, and right. He's certainly bar in a banana republic. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing is this is again uh, one of those things where I enjoy a main character. That you're not supposed to like, 
mm-hmm. that you do end up liking. Like the, he is not a good guy. I'd say through 90% of this movie until like he's governor and he finally goes, you know what? Probably should do something with this power. And that's when he gets fucked up. Like, no, at no point he had really no redeeming qualities. Yeah. He was probably a good guy. Like as a whole, he was just a guy trying to live his life and make as much as he could during it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he just kind of did it in a bad way. Yeah. And yeah, it makes him just not a, not a, not a, again, not a bad guy. Yeah. But, uh, but, but a not a good guy. Yeah. And yeah. then when they reveal that the mob boss is still down there and they're still like at, at each other. So he hasn't really escaped <laughs> anything. That is, right. that is my greatest, the, the best running joke throughout the entire thing. Like here's this guy who, you know, just a vagrant in the bread line is quite okay with just going toe to toe, like just fighting this fucking guy throughout the entire goddamn movie. Yeah. He's, that's, that is genius writing right there where it's just like, no, he's just fucking fighting them and they're both cool with it. Like they're probably best goddamn friends. Yeah. When they start <laughs> fighting in the car and it yeah. spills out that woman standing on the street, just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun. It is, it is. so much fun. And you know, Jonathan talked about, you know, things we've seen before that uh, just based on the time and the amount of films that have come out since the whole, uh, you know, phone call in the rain and telling her about the, the lockbox and stuff. And yeah, I feel like I've probably seen that in a handful of movies. This yeah. is something similar, but I don't know if there was a movie before it that had that sort of thing. Well, yeah. Who knows? And he says C at the end of every sentence. See? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, I'll, I'll get to that later on. Yes. Yeah. One one thing I'll note uh, is again, it's 1940. This film being filmed in 1939, I'm sure. And we have two black characters that, unfortunately, you know, their roles are uh, in servitude. But at the same time, I still feel they're actually sort of written with respect in 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 the lens of the time. It's not like they're sure. overly caricatures uh, the yeah it's the caregiver nice. character especially has some, some decent lines and quips and things yeah it's nice that sturges isn't pretending that uh this the world is the dynamic white. yeah yeah but yeah, it, it's probably you know again what he could get away with right thanks thanks yeah. to the fucking haze code yeah so we're back in that we're back in the haze code baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I know that's that's the one thing modern audience would be like, ah, but I mean, yeah, it is what it was. It's as far as it's not a goes. comfortable reality. Yeah, but it the film does best with it that it can, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. But I, uh, and I'll say the one thing I, I think Preston Sturges does a really good job with the pacing in this because mm-hmm. it takes place over. I don't even know how long those kids don't seem to grow up at any point. No. They had two different sets of kids play at one point, I think. So they just, I, I think they switched kids when he became actually got elected. So right. maybe it's like five years or something. Something. So I think and, that that was my my only real complaint about the movie was there was no sense of time frame, right? Because when when they got married, they cut to the kids. I thought that was a time skip. I thought it was oh. like, oh, okay, they got married and they had kids. No, that was that night. But, but she was <laughs> like, I've been married before. Uh, I got some kids. 
because it didn't get go to that like i think that would have probably been the better way to do that scene was not introduce the kids until she said until like they come out but instead they show the kids uh with the caregiver first oh before they even go up to the apartment so i I get what you're saying uh yeah i felt like at that point that was a time skip is what i thought until they went back to them going into the apartment but i mean sturgis has to do that on purpose like yeah the it's a nice fake out yeah (laughs) yeah whose kids are these (laughs) right and the audience can be in on a little something before dan knows yeah you said you're going to come back to something about what the way he's talking i i i I, it's uh, i got it later don't worry okay okay all right Mm -hmm. all right well i guess we can ask uh anybody got any other notes on this film uh i know that this is the first film ever where somebody was listed as writer and director on the same uh card really yeah oh okay uh so let me clarify listed meaning people had written directed before but they just weren't listed yeah or you know they it wasn't listed as written and directed by oh okay oh yeah yeah so this is the so i was i saw that on uh on imdb it says this is the first movie to show the credit written and directed by followed by just one name Mm ah ooh, so that's my go preston yeah but uh yeah that's pretty much what i got all right yeah feel like we need a thing in between it'll come we, to we, us yeah, like, we'll get there we'll find should we play find the racism in between <laughs> <laughs> i know what film that's going to be easy for right mm. all uh, right well let's then get into our worsty judgments and zach hi does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Hmm. Let's see. I was disappointed. I wasn't able to watch foreign correspondent this week. I really wanted to. Hmm. So the only other film I've seen in here is the great dictator. And I think that's a masterpiece and a wonderful movie. Um, but I don't think it's really much about as much about the writing as it is the themes of the film and the, all that. I mean, I'd be fine if that had won too, but I do believe this deserved best original screenplay. I'm happy with it winning. Nice. Um, what do you think? I did the thing. You did the thing. I watched The Great Dictator. What do you think? I really liked that movie. Yeah. I I've never really been a Chaplin fan. Um, just kind of not not into physical comedy too much and that's kind of where chaplin kind of lied in a lot and this time he did a little bit more and i enjoyed the shit out of that movie um i do think the great mcginty is a better written film Hmm. because i feel like it mixes the the comedy and the serious in a very well done way where Hmm. i think the great dictator goes comedy 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 what the fuck comedy 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 what the fuck so it's it's it kind of just doesn't know where it's going sometimes mm. um and it's done on purpose and you can because it's it's i mean it's it's charlie chaplin in a movie about fucking hitler yeah so um also the 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 german speaking part went just so fucking long sometimes like his first initial uh uh speech i think after about five minutes i turned to my wife i was like this joke has run its course, right? And she's like, yeah. 
But other than that, God, I loved it movie. That was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But I, I actually do think that The Great McGinty uh, was a better written film uh, between those two. Obviously, I had not seen the other three. I That was the main one I wanted. I wanted to watch at least one other movie besides the one that we're going to talk about. Um, but I kind of going to leave that to Paul. Paul's that guy. So, Paul. You, you, you are that guy. You are that, that guy. guy, Paul. Who's that guy? La, 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 la. Paul's, that, Paul's guy. that guy. All right. Um, so, I'll start by saying this. I've seen The Great Dictator many times. I did not watch it this week. Just didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. And I prioritized the stuff I didn't see before. I also didn't get to watch Foreign Correspondent this week, but I did watch it last year or a couple years ago when we did the Rebecca episode. Yeah. Because it was nominated for Best Picture as well. So I do have opinions on both of those, but I did get to watch the other two in the category as well. Nice. So Angels Over Broadway was just on YouTube. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh okay. So that being said. I'm going to rank these now. My number four, uh, because I like the movie, but it is the weaker Hitchcock of the of the year. Foreign, foreign correspondence going down the bottom of my list. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that movie a lot, but I mostly like it because the ending is phenomenal. Okay, uh, it's it's an okay movie, and then the ending happens, and the ending is amazing. Nice. Um, so it, yeah. Uh, then my number. Three of the remaining ones is going to be Dr. Ehrlich's Magic Bullet. Uh, when I read that title, I did not get the movie that I was thinking I was going to get. <laughs> it is not a fantasy or sci-fi film. It is a movie about the guy who figured out how to cure syphilis. Oh, okay. Um, right. Which was very interesting. And this is this is where my note is going to come in. Edward G. Robinson, the guy that I always think of when I think of people that go, eh, she uh, was absolutely not like that in this movie. And it threw me off. Oh. <laughs> uh, Edward G. Robinson, always an actor I've loved. He's incredible in this movie. Mm. Uh, I love him. So um, but that's going down there. It's an interesting film, but it lost a star for me for having kind of the same problem as um shit what was the name of the movie that took out all the jewish references for the nazis oh uh the kind of brought it up it was all life of meals old it Mm. really just fell right out of my brain it kind of had that same problem Mm. but not as bad um so it's going up i'm we're giving it because I really think they, while they don't lean into Ehrlich's Jewishness the way they really, really should have, apparently, uh, they did <laughs> they did in the movie just by being like, there's a lot of evil in this world. Fuck all those evil. And I hate Nazis. I mean, not Nazis, because I died before the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and, nice. and, and there are scenes where, like, yeah, Ehrlich's German, and there's just a whole scene where he's he has an Asian man working in his his laboratory, and a bunch of Germans come in and they're like, "There's an Asian in here," except they don't say Asian; they say the O word. Oh, um, <laughs> there's an Asian in here, and it's not very German to have an Asian in here. 
Not like we never team up. <laughs> so, so I feel like it it took it took on German and nationalism like head on. So, okay. you know, the, the problems aren't as glaring as they were with Emil's Law. There you go. Okay, I talked about that movie a little bit longer than I intended to. That's all right. Uh, then I'll move to number number two. Uh, Angels over Broadway was really good. Sweet. It's kind of a comedy drama about four people who meet in a nightclub and kind of become entangled in a plot to try to save this man from losing his job and being arrested. It's really interesting. And um, Rita Hayworth's in it, and she is unbelievably gorgeous. And Douglas Fairbanks Jr.'s in it. And I'll tell you, when two hot people are just hot together on screen, yeah, I, I'm there all the time. They got, yeah, they're so fucking yeah. hot together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, you just know why those, the moment those two step on screen, you're just like, these two are fucking movie stars. And yeah. that's, that's what a movie star feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, my number one of the remaining is Great Dictator. Uh, I'm going to echo Zach. That film's a fucking masterpiece. Through yep. and through. Like mm. start to finish. What a great film. Yeah. That being said, I think great McGinty's going in my number two spot nice. in this category. I think it's a breezy fun film that has a lot of political satire to it. And while the political satire can, can veer into a little more dramatic at times, they really keep it grounded with a lot of comedic reverie. Yeah. And I'm a fan of that. And I think this film's great. And I think more people should see it. See the great McGinty. Um, and with that, I'm going to say yes. I think this deserved the award. But uh, personally, I would have given it to the great dictator. All right. Yeah. Especially, well, I, think, I was going to say, especially ahead. since all my favorite films of the year are over in the best screenplay category. Just <laughs> mm. the best adapted screenplay category. Uh it's Philadelphia story. Grapes of Wrath, Long Voyage Home are all over there. Oh, fuck. Mm. I love all those movies. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I think we can all agree this is a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Zach. Uh-huh. Is this the worst original screenplay? I hate to say it, but yeah, it is. Right now, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> suffers from <sighs> first. But, um... I uh, thought about long and hard how I was going to give this a score, and I settled at four stars, which it's a strong four stars. I really enjoyed it, and I liked it a lot. Um, I don't know what I would have changed to elevate it at all, but I just like I felt like I had a good time, and I enjoyed it. It didn't strike me as something like I'll come back and watch a lot, or, or that it was necessarily a new favorite, so that's why it's at four. Nice. Um, yeah, I hate to disagree with you, but... Hmm. I'm, I'm not going to. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is the worst original screenplay. I mean, compared to everything else that we've seen, this movie's shit. Ooh. So, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> Paul? Yeah, this is this is the worst thing we've covered. Um, this Harsh. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, I can't think of anything else in this category that so far that's worse than this. Yeah, screw. Uh, but I will say, um, I think I can say for all of us that this is probably also our number one on the list. 
amazingly, you you're right. How, I don't know yeah. how you knew that, but uh, unless Paul, Paul so do you feel like uh, you might have uh, placed it a little differently? Let me see. Let me look at all we've covered. Uh, Great. Oh, Gintini. I got put on letterbox. Great <sighs> Gintini. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the bottom spot, which is number one. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I look forward to us uh, doing this shtick every time. Every single time. Yeah. It's a good bit. I like it. I enjoy the shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Tasty bit. All right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it here today, folks. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, the Twitch, the TikToks, and on the letterbox at Altorn underscore Occam. I did not watch anything this week because I was playing Stardew Valley too much. And Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, and Letterboxd by searching my name. Uh, I'm uh, trying to watch a couple movies, so I can maybe go see something in theaters, and they're all in progress, so I'll talk about those next time. And <laughs> I've been playing some PGA golf, just like, uh, it's been really relaxing. Dude, just don't, hit the don't ball. Be- you play a game. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. I've played. I've played some Tiger Woods in my day. Yeah, it's, it's just chill. It helps yeah. me go. It helps me relax. You so whack that ball into a golfer hole. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and Mr. Workman, uh, um, you can follow me at Sharp Dressman uh, on TikTok. We're just happy and I are covering all sorts of shark related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear. On Twitter and Letterbox, where I'm covering, where I did something, something, all the movies I watch. Uh, fuck, I don't know. I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched two movies this week. And I want to talk about one tonight and one tomorrow night. I don't okay. know which one. Should I do the one I watched today or the one I watched earlier this week? Hmm. Well, I'm going to want to know both of them. <laughs> I mean, I posted about both of them in our chat. That's fair. Uh, you know what? We'll we'll go ahead and do the one I did earlier in the week, which was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, which was good. It's a good movie. Good. Um, I think the needle drops are bad. Well, not not necessarily bad. There's not like a lot of bad music in it, except for one really bad song. <laughs> I'm not going to mention which Radiohead song it is. That's which Radiohead song um, is it? <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not the one you're thinking of. It's creep. Um, uh, but <laughs> um, I, there there's a lot of good music in it. I just don't think it like the first two movies. They like the needle drops really like mean something. Yeah, and feel like one with the characters. Character building. It, it it helps build the world and the characters, and I don't think, while some of them are fine, like I just don't. You, they're not as well thought out, and they're not as good. Mm. You've seen and, this uh, thing about Florence Wells crying, seeing her song on the movie. Yeah, because it's the last. It's the last song in the film mm. before the post credit sequences. Sure. Um, but it's the last song in the film and it's a nice moment and I feel like it would feel a little bit more earned if there was a cohesiveness to the rest of the needle drops. Mm. Um, but because, you know, the end of the second one, he gets that zoom. It yeah. open, they open up the needle drops from like everything up to like the mid 2000s, the 20 aughts and eh. yeah. 
It's fine. Fair enough. Yeah, it, and and it's one of those things where I I wouldn't have even really done too much on the needle drops, but they're so integral to the first two films, right? And because there's because music's so integral to the plot of these movies, yeah, the needle drops not being great is distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Joe put on his letterbox if. He had a nickel for every film in 2023 where Chris Pratt does an action sequence to No Sleep Till Brooklyn. He'd have two nickels, which <laughs> isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's that that action sequence is dope as fuck. I just wish they would have put a different song in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I like No Sleep. Again, I love No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I mm-hmm. think that's an like anything from License to Ill is great. Right. Just can we do something like Paul Revere or uh, Ryman and Steelin? Like those those aren't needle drops you hear almost ever. Yeah. That'd be way more interesting than the same fucking song that everybody's heard in every movie ever. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah, uh, but other than that, like any other real deep uh, problems that I have with the film are very spoilery, spoilery. Sure. But overall, I give a film four stars and I think it's really good. I think it's as good as uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Where it's like there are deep problems with this film, but this is a fun time and I'm having a good time watching it. And the director obviously cares about what he's doing and doesn't feel like it's just a commercial for 70 other Marvel movies. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Cause uh, yeah, that that's the movie I'm going to go try to see in theaters, maybe take Caitlin for her birthday. No, um, but I hadn't seen Thor love and thunder. So we started watching that last night and those fucking goats. Those goats. Those uh, goats are hilarious. We'll see. So that I need to watch that and um, multiverse of madness at least before <laughs> Still need to watch. You, it, you can go see this movie without seeing either of those. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, if if you don't get around to it, there's nothing in either of those movies that informs anything in these movies. Okay. So, so, like, well, the Guardians are at the beginning of Thor: Love and Thunder. Are they leaving to go to whatever this movie is? Or nope. Oh, okay. Nope. This movie, I'm just gonna say, almost feels like their time with Thor didn't even exist. Okay. Which has honestly been my favorite part of the Guardians of the Galaxies is how separated they were from everything else. And Good. this one, this one feels as contained as the other two. Nice. Uh, the first in credit sequence is very contained, and the second one that happens. Oh, yeah. Neither the in credit sequences sets up anything outside of a Guardians. So nice, cool. So the you you don't have to worry about that either. Like. You need to see the first two Guardians, and you need to see those two shitty Avengers films that the Russo brothers did. <laughs> and that's pretty much all. You, uh, I still haven't watched the holiday special, but yeah, I still need to watch. It. I hear that's good. Yeah, I hear it's really good. I just, yeah, I'm just so burning. Out. No, I get it. <laughs> yeah, and I've been burnt out way longer than yeah. most. And I must say, I was just about to say, I, I, I've hung on a lot longer than you have, and I'm <laughs> fucking done. <laughs> Paul's been a marshmallow on a stick for a while that's now formed into the stick. But so so when one of these things is actually enjoyable, it's 
it, it feels almost revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, I've seen nothing but praise for it. So a four star from you is probably a four and a half or five star for most other people, I guess. Yeah, yeah most likely. Like, I, and I gave I gave Multiverse of Madness four stars mm-hmm. because I think it's a Raimi film. Yeah, first, and then a Marvel film second. But also, you can feel like you could feel the moments where Mar where the M- CU Marvel Studios came in and we're like, all right, you need to put this in your movie. And then right. it feels a little less Ramey-ish for a couple minutes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I think those two films are good. And I think I gave Thor and Love and Thunder four stars too. Mm-hmm. Pizza Pop obviously gives uh, Pizza Pop one star. Just, yeah, in his own. So it's a star all by himself. Yeah. Best MCU character. Indeed. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I I talked way too much. I'm sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> so I listened to a lot a lot of Rancid and Radiohead this week. So that was a nice mix. There you go. <laughs> Rancid based on Paul and I talking last week. Radiohead, spite listening because it's like <laughs> I love them. I'm going to listen to them. <laughs> the only reason <laughs> to listen to Radiohead is to hate listen to Radiohead. <laughs> uh, you, you had to listen to some Radiohead so you get yourself pumped up for that uh, that Pentatonics cover of Creep. God, I, oh, I, God. I, I swear. I hope I never hear it, but I'm sure I will. It's like a nightmare. I I can give you a... a, No, I'm not going to... Never mind. I'm a creep! Okay, I gotta go. (laughs) There we go. All right. Oh, yeah. uh, That's me. Yeah. I'm I'm going to take that from you at some point. (laughs) You you should. Hey, Zach. What are we watching next week? Next week? Oh, we're watching Citizen Kane! <laughs> Paul is pumping his fist in the air. I wonder what that means. Um, you can rent I'm, that on Amazon, Google. I'm, sorry, I was pumping my stretching? fist to the, the pentatonics cover of Creed. I got it playing in my headphones. Pentatonics physically make me ill. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> you, oh. can <laughs> you can rent Kid uh, Kid is in Kane. Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> That's a C. It makes us sometimes. Uh, you can rent it on Amazon, Google, Redbox, Voodoo, or YouTube. There you go. Excellent. All right. All right. Now we're going to do an outro. So, uh, rent it on Redbud. We'd like to thank, <laughs> yeah. We'd like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. I thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at AllSquarcyPod and on Facebook at the AllSquarcy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us be seen in the all almighty algorithm. I'm a now. I'm going <laughs> uh, Five stars. Five stars so we don't have to grift. It's right. Corruption. Yeah. So, for Zach, Jonathan, and Muriel Angelis, and Catherine McKinney, we'd like for you all to have a damn fun day. <laughs>